being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks to Kurt Rogers, by the way, stopping by. Always enjoy seeing Kurt. He's been a huge help, not only to me personally, but I know a lot of you listening. Jeff Corwin here from JC's British and 4x4 as well. Uh, a lot of the folks that, that I deal with on a regular basis, Kurt has, has helped them out uh, significantly. And I will tell you that if there's anything you need in the mortgage end of things, you know, give Kurt a call. Yeah. He'd love to help you out. That's what he does daily. And uh, just a great guy. Lines are open, 303 477 Five six zero zero. We left off that last hour, and I didn't get a chance to get into all the depth of that, Jeff. I wanted you to just kind of continue on just a little bit when it comes to that, you know, the air intake side and people feeling the need to clean things and do things on that end of it. I've heard, you know, I've had people call in and ask about cleaning mass airflow sensor throttle bodies and so on. Go over that one more time well, and give us your feelings on that. Well, and it also depends on what items and what's going on, right? If you're not noticing any problems. I would say best to leave it alone, right? It's kind of like your health, right? Just keep being healthy. You don't have to go check having the doctor check when you're perfectly healthy. I don't think it does you a whole lot of good, although there's always preventative stuff. But um, the biggest thing is when problems start coming about, how do you go about checking things, right? Because typically code systems in the cars, they're telling you stuff once something's out of a range. But um, sometimes you'll notice things before the computer system triggers a fault. Um, stumble off idle is a really good one because you brought up throttle bodies. Mm-hmm. Throttle bodies do build up, especially with, due to the PV systems. A lot of throttle bodies out there will build up a little carbon around the perimeter of the throttle body where because it's you know the engine's idling all the time, that carbon doesn't actually close off the throttle body right when the throttle body's closed, but right. it may build up just past where the throttle blades naturally land. You start to accelerate. You start to open up the throttle body. It closes off the airflow slightly, yep. which is what it's opposite of what it should be doing. You get a little stumble, and then you're able to accelerate it through. That becomes a time when you would want to clean the throttle body. Once again, you want to use the proper chemicals for that. A lot of throttle bodies out there, although I think they moved away from it, from, but I know a couple brands used like a wax perimeter around the blade. Right. You use a carb. You use a hard carburetor cleaner, something gasoline, caustic, something caustic. Melt you melt right. it away, and now you've just destroyed a multi-hundred or thousand-dollar part, whatever the That's heck right. it goes That's for. Right. Um, so the knowledge of what you use, how to use it properly, is critical. Good point. Good point. All right, uh, I got another question that came in via text message that I'll answer. By the way, somebody else mentioned exactly what you just said to make sure that if you're doing anything like that, if you're doing anything like that, you've got to use the proper. To Jeff's point. A second ago russ and cheyenne you're next what's going on russ hey how's it going good sir um so i guess i wanted to uh you know we were talking about the coal and stuff like that yes. earlier um one of the other things you're going to start seeing is the refineries are buying each other up yeah yes they are 
You're correct. And then they're shutting them down. Um, we've got two here in Wyoming now that have been bought up by larger corporations. And they basically shut the refinery down to uh, where they're only producing diesel or something like that so that they can, they don't have to clean the site up, but they're decreasing the supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, you see those, the carbon credits and stuff like that, that's where these play into. They, uh, they get the carbon credits by shutting these stuff down which benefits them short time, right. but in the long run, we're the ones that get hurt. That's correct. Because we're going to see 5 to $7 a gallon gas once the supply tightens up. I don't um, think you're that far off either, by the way. I think you're spot on. The problem with in the refining area is the people taking it out of the ground and the people pulling it out of the pump generally are the ones that were making more than what the refiners are making. Mm-hmm. Um, the refineries are kind of the, the middleman that wasn't making a lot of profit. So now we're going to see them starting to, by the way, they're changing their business model. Mm-hmm. We're going to start seeing higher prices because of that. Agree. So um, that's one more fun thing coming down the pipe. So I know I think um, I think you're right, and I've I've seen that trend. You already been reading about it, and so on. And oh, I I think you're, I think you're spot on, and. You know, I think they also, and this is, I think, a false anticipation. I think they're anticipating that as more EV vehicles hit the road, the less demand for oil will be there. They won't need as much refinering as well. So not only do they get the credits, do they you know, are they able to produce, you know, one particular product, not have to shut the plant down to do all the cleanup stuff and, and such. They all look at it as a win-win. I'm one that says, though, that I think we're a long way off from having a enough EV vehicles on the road to put a dent in the oil consumption side of the fence. That's my own take. Well, and I hope that is the case, but then we have the other issue with them shutting down all the small power plants. Right. Um, we're starting to see that happen now. We're, we've got power plants that converted from coal to natural gas, and now these large corporations have been buying these guys up, and they're shutting them down for the carbon, carbon credit. Right. Yep. And so we've got, we've got a supply issue where, you know, like California, you just can't even ship them enough electricity. That's right. And Correct. But we're... we're at the same time, we're wanting to increase what you plug into the wall, but we're limiting the supply. Yep. It goes back to the conversation with you know, Bill from Arc Electric earlier when it comes to your own, your own generation, whether that be through you know, solar and some battery you know, storage, you know, generation of your own. Again, that could be done through propane or natural gas or, or diesel or gas, however you want to do it. Uh, but I do think, Russ, that we're getting into that day and age where if you have the wherewithal to be able to have some of that, you know, extra power generation, if I, if you would, I mean that you can't store power as as Bill from Arc said, but you could generate your own if need be. I, I do think that we're a day and age where people should be looking at that if they can. Yeah, well, I think the next ten years or so, you'll see a big shift in the way we look at things, just well, the way the market. And, and again, you know, if if what you and I are saying, and Jeff, I think <laughs> agrees with us, if what you and if what we're all saying is true, and that does come to play then buying a generator and getting some of this stuff done on your home today versus even five years from now is going to be a huge cost savings because it's going to be a lot cheaper yeah. today than it is in five years. The only thing that concerns me is it's the whole COVID thing. You know, the COVID thing is what kind of started the fuel side of the thing because people quit driving. Right. So the the fuel wasn't being used, but now you've got such a backlog in like generators and stuff right now that yep. generators are crazy. Expensive. They are. They are. 
Um, you are correct. So that's that that tight tight line you got to walk and try and figure out which way to navigate through. Very true. No, um, you you are 100 percent correct. And that's where you got to get a little mm-hmm. bit outside the box even and look at what other types of generation units are out there that could be even retrofitted and there is you know there you know for example there are generators that have to get changed out of of larger facilities and such on time and age Mm -hmm. as much as it is usage where those things for the average homeowner or even a shop owner would work fabulous they but they have to be you know changed out at a particular time so that's something else to think about yeah and and you can find those both in diesel and natural gas you can that's correct um and they're expensive to move, but I'll tell you what, they, they produce a lot of they do. power. They do, and you know, at some of the auctions, and that'll even have some, some trailer-mounted, you know, portable units, which, again, if you know, if you have enough wherewithal to buy one and even know what that is, you have enough wherewithal to even hook that up and use it if the time were to come. So, again, somebody with some right. resources will be fine. It's that person that knows nothing about anything we just said that I worry about when those days come. Yeah, well, they'll be the ones staying in your house. Um, not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> hey, I do have a real quick Go question ahead, on Russ. my buddy's Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I believe he's got a 2013 JK. Okay. Um, the V6 in it. Mm-hmm. And he is burning oil like crazy. Yep. Um, it's common. It's only got 80,000 miles on it. That's common. Yep. Yeah, those engines have um, definitely had some issues from what I've heard. So is it just a re-ring job? Is that what fixes that? or I don't what, know off the top of my head. I thought, so I know there's something about, I want to say there's something PCV related where it's pulling it through the intake. I, I just have a feeling about that, though. I'm, I'm really kind so of talking what, beyond my actual experience on this one. Um, but I, I did, am aware of the issue. What we did was we pulled this PVC system off. It was completely full of oil. Um, we wound up replacing the stuff with factory factory parts um, because, you know, he, he prefers to keep his stuff factory, um, at least in the motor. I mean, he's mm-hmm. lifted it and put done all the Jeep stuff to it. But um, I just, they don't have, like, intake leaks because it, it's a separate intake, right, from what I understand? Separate as the, in, what do you mean? I guess the the intake isn't part of the the valley pan of the motor because I think the starter the something's in the middle of that right. Yeah, and a lot of late model vehicles are are built that exact same way where the the plenum is just a, it's just a plenum that's all it is. There, there's nothing else that it's doing other than just shoving air into the engine. So if you're getting excessive oil in the PV system, the only, the only thing that I rings. guess I can figure of is blow by. Yeah, so typically are, that's rings. Are those rings? Yes. Rings are seriously not lasting more than 80, 90,000 miles? Uh, that has been a known problem on that engine, yes. Okay. So it is just a known quantity. Yes. Do they do they tend to take out the cylinder walls, or is it a deal where... You know what? I, just that I don't it. know, because the majority of them, I believe, that get to that point, they just put engines in them. I, I don't know if too many guys actually yeah. fixing them at that point. Okay. Uh, we also live in a, okay. a world right now where ra- rarely does something actually get fixed. Exactly. It's full rebuilds or, or nothing quite often, when, especially when it comes to internal engines. I mean, God knows anything from a dealer level, they're, they're lucky if they can even replace a set of head gaskets without replacing a whole motor. Now, the one thing that he could try, if he's, if he's not done it yet, 
and no guarantees okay. this would do anything. But he could run the BGEPR, the, you know, the engine performance restoration, through that, see if it'll loosen those rings up enough to help some of that consumption. If he hasn't done that yet, I would before I did anything else. Well, and I suggested that to him, and he did it, and the consumption got worse. Then that means it, may, it means it loosened him up, which means he's definitely in the rings. Then yeah. you just you just okay. you just diagnosed it. Okay. Yeah, because it's yep. it's eaten three quarts yep. every eight. You you miles you just point. did the you just diagnosed it. You're, it needs yeah. rings. Okay. Yep. Okay. Dang, that's not what he was hoping for. No. Uh, well, well but, again, a, again, you did the process to know where you're at, at least. Yeah, and feel free to have him reach out to me at the shop, and uh, you know we can do a little research as far as what options he has moving forward. If it's a, a re-ring is the best way to go, or if there's a reason to avoid a re-ring, you know, I and, can and, definitely and, dig into it okay. and find some more info and for you. T- to Jeff's point, he's a shop that actually will do a re-ring if you can, Russ, where a lot won't. So he, you have that <laughs> advantage with him, or he has that advantage with Jeff. Well, maybe what I'll do is I'll... We'll just pull the intake out, and I'll throw a camera down the cylinders to see what the cylinders look like. Okay, there you go. Good idea. And then you can send. It, you can actually yeah. email those to Jeff that way too. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because if if there's huge gouges in the cylinders, then by the time you pull it out, you might. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Thank you, guys. No, good stuff. And if you need to get a hold of Jeff directly, just either go go to the website, drive-radio.com, or, Russ, you email me all the time. Send me an email. I'll get you right over to Jeff immediately, and you two can get together on that. Dennis in Denver, Dale in Westminster, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. This month at Geno's Auto Service in Littleton, receive a new set of windshield wipers with any service over $50. It won't be long before the cold weather returns, so now is a good time to make sure your vehicles are serviced and in good condition. At Geno's, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles, so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. This month only, take advantage of free windshield wipers with any service over $50 when you mention this ad on KLZ. For over 38 years, Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Be sure to check out Geno's excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law, has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court. But since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. KLZ's personal injury attorney continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. 
Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. We're back. Uh, Real quick before I answer Dennis's question, somebody called in and said, what is with all these uh, supply chain issues we've got going on? If you buy, you know, X amount of oil, what's the shelf life on an unopened bottle of oil? Uh, probably longer than your lifetime. Especially with the synthetics and <laughs> all that. Ex- I, I and just... I'm not exaggerating when I say that. If you don't open it to the air, and it's a sealed plastic bottle, which most of them are going to be, you'll, you'll, you'll have that bottle of oil longer than the vehicle. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah, and there will be no so. issues with it at that point. So you have no issues buying up and stocking up oil right now and have it sit on the shelf for even you know two, three, four years. It's not going to be a problem at all. Dennis in Denver, you're up. Good morning, John and Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. I have a cautionary tale for all of your listeners. Let's hear it. So I dropped off my truck at an Inglewood body shop this week and sat next to a gentleman um, who was waiting for an estimate, and he found out that I was going to be renting a car. And he had a tale to tell me. Okay. So... Him and his wife rented an SUV in Las Vegas to run around town in. Um, He did his due diligence, which is took pictures at the rental car place to document the condition of the vehicle before he left. Right. They get done with their, you know, trip in Vegas, uh, drops it back off, takes pictures to document the condition. The next day, he gets a call from the rental car agency. Apparently, it was time for a lube oil filter service, and they're telling him that they're charging his credit card for $9,000 worth of underbody damage. Whoa! Holy cow! Uh, You know, he turned it into his insurance company, and his insurance company says... You know, we have no defense. How can we prove that you didn't do it? Although I would bet you a year's worth of paychecks, this guy and his wife did not do that damage because they're my age or maybe a little older, and they simply ran around town. Right. The insurance company also says that if we take this to court, we're going to lose. You're going to lose. they had to pay. Yeah, you're going to lose. Yeah. So the moral of the story is don't just take pictures of the body. Mm take pictures of the undercarriage um if you can't get under there to look you know you can still hit the video button and wave your arm underneath you could to yep. you know get some kind of documentation but could. that was quite a shock that is a major well. shock and that dennis i've never heard 
I mean, I've heard of guys having problems with rental cars where, you know, there's damage that's known after the fact and so on, where they come back and try to get it from you and so on. That, Yeah, those we all hear about. I've never heard of one like this. I'm, I'm blown away because they, there's no doubt that they that car was rented to multiple people Prior. between the oil changes or whatever before, you know, that's right. you know, an inspection. That's right. So that was just messed up. But yeah. And unfortunately he was the last one before the oil change. Right. But, right. You know, you can't prove you didn't do something. Right. No, you'd have to your point. You'd have to have some, some form of documentation to show that. And like you say that, and some of these cars, they sit so low to the ground. That's very difficult yeah. to get. Especially if you're you're turning Extremely the car in at difficult. night or something, it'd be yeah. really difficult. Well, I wouldn't even doubt it. Even if you had video, I still wouldn't be surprised if his insurance company said there's good likelihood we'll lose anyway. Well, and, you know, um, once he said that, I remembered that I had heard through different news stories that rental cars were really pulling some BS moves last year when they were hurting, and this is one of them. And I think they still are because there's still a lack of rental cars out there right now. And, yeah, they, they're keeping everything they can on the road as long as they possibly can right yeah. now and charging you a premium to rent one. Yep. Absolutely they are. That's a good story, Dennis. No, that 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 is a caution. And that's where one of those, um, you know, they've kind of gone away because, I don't know, maybe people's arms have grown and gotten longer. But selfie sticks used to be a big deal back oh, yeah. in the day. You know, you'd have yeah. that phone on the selfie stick you can hang it out there take your picture of yourself well in this case dennis a selfie stick to get underneath that vehicle and get a really good image of that wouldn't be a bad (laughs) idea actually and they're cheap no from both sides you know that way you get that's right entire undercarriage those in this case it would be advisable to have one that's good to know uh, i i I rent a lot of cars every year, you know, traveling. So, yeah, I will definitely keep that in mind for sure. Well, it's probably just one of these – it's also one of those stories and one of those situations where you're like, wow, do I do I just suck it up and pay that extra insurance, that, that damage liability insurance? Yeah, great point. Just to avoid the headaches. Well, sometimes, though, that gets as much as the dang rental Oh, is. yeah, I know. I can. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Well, once again, it's – Yeah. No, you're, no, you have yeah, a great point. It's the stupid insurance it world. Is. No, you got a good point. It would be interesting to get Paul Lewinberger's. Uh, got him slated where he may be on next week, Dennis. So we will. I will bring that up to him if he comes on. He's, he's trying to be with me next week. So if he does, we'll talk about that. Awesome. I'll, I'll tune in and All have right. a listen. Sounds great, Happy Dennis. Day. No, I appreciate it very much. So we'll get some expert opinions on that from the insurance side themselves. Dell in Westminster, you're next, sir. How you doing, John? Doing good, Dell. That's good. Hey, you were talking about... Uh, Portable generators a little bit ago. Yeah, we were doing that on Fix It Radio and kind of carried into, you know, and it carries into Drive Radio because it's a preparedness sort of a thing where, you know, a lot of guys have shops or they've got homes that are out, you know, in a way, not necessarily off the grid, but away from the grid enough that if something were to happen, they need the ability to have, you know, some generation. And so, yeah, it really has carried over from the first hour into now, which is is fine. We'll talk about anything. That's fine. Well, I was going to give you a, a heads up way mine said I have a 13,000-watt portable generator for my house. Okay. And it'll, it'll run everything in here but 220, and I could wire it to 220. But the main thing that I did with mine is I've got an electrical box hooked up to within my uh, regular box. We wired it uh-huh. in. I can plug in the generator and then flip the switch, and it completely shuts uh, XL Energy off. Right. And it just, 
you know, and that's the safest way to do yes, it. Yes, it is. Yeah, you, you really, unless you know exactly what you're doing uh, when that time comes, which everybody also forgets, when you're in a crisis, in an emergency, sometimes yeah. your brain's not always thinking as clearly. You know, in other words, it's snowing sideways. You're outside now. You're trying to make sure all this stuff gets hooked yeah. up correctly so you can get things on back inside the house. That's not the time to be dinking around. You you need it to be as easy as possible, is my point. Yeah, yeah you don't need cords running in and out. No, and no. Uh, you know. No, you do and not. And this way, just, just, this way, you just flip the switch, and it's got six stations in it that you can shut off different stations, and, you know, away you go. Agree. And that's the way, that's the way mine's. No, that's a good way to do it. It really is, if that's, you know, and again, for each person out there listening, it's a different scenario for each person, the size of home they have, what they want to run, and so on. But, I, again, I just think we're getting that day and age, Dell, where if people are, are smart and you want to be that person that doesn't have to rely on someone else, I I think this would be something worth looking at. Hmm. Yeah, well, it'd, be, it'd depend, too, on the size of the generator. But, Say that again, Dell. You know, I said it also depends on the size True. of the generator. I True. had it you know, in use, but, you know, that's... No, it's it's, that's it's, a, it's a nice, it's, it's to it, Jeff's point a moment ago, it's a nice insurance policy, really is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I've got that 13,000-watt Generac with a 18-horsepower Subaru industrial engine on it. Nice. That's good. That, that's yeah. a good setup. That worked fine. So. Yeah, that anyway, runs for a long time. Yeah. So you guys have a good one. You too, Dell. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And by the way, some of you out there listening that have, you know, businesses, and again, Bill Arc Electric, one of a good good friend of mine, great sponsor for Fix It Radio, has been for years and years. Uh, you know, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, same deal. I mean, any of these guys. Uh, you know, Bill works more kind of in the mid to south end of town. Absolute is more mid to the north end of town. So we've got both ends of the town really covered as far as that goes. But a lot of you guys with businesses. I, you know, that do things that you have to have, I don't want to say this, Jeff, like you. So what you do, you have to be at that location to mm-hmm. do the things that you do to keep people on the road. You can't do it from a home office, is my point. Right. So in your case, having some generation to keep the, the you know, to keep the shop open and going yeah. isn't a bad idea because as time goes by, I think it's going to, be, going to become more of a necessity even for, even for business owners. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing, I mean... We don't realize how reliant we are on active power, you know, until you run until across you don't a fault, have it. right? And, you know, besides stuff like, yeah. you know, a computer system going down or whatever like that. That's minor. You know, that's ultimately that's minor. I mean, you know, you have situations where you lose power, you can't you can't lower a vehicle off a lift because lifts are, right. you know, that's part of why that's my right. new facility, I put in the, 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 battery the, new, packs. the new battery pack lifts, the EV, uh, not the EV lifts, the... Um, shockwave lifts from from rotary is i can run those lifts probably multiple times you know probably a whole day probably if not longer without having any power so i can you know we can still stay productive great point if we have a power outage yep that doesn't mean i want to deal with a power outage no it it seems to be about once a year my prediction is power for a little bit my prediction (laughs) is you're going to have more of those so uh bill and inglewood you got a, a, a question or comment on on uh Car rental as well, so hang tight. We'll be right back. We got lines open 303 477 5600. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. 
back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. As you've probably noticed, the fall is upon us. Now we call it fall not just because the leaves are falling, but the temperature is falling as well. So this week, we want to make sure that we're talking about your engine cooling system. Yep, that's right, the cooling system. Because the cooling system in your car does so much more than just cool the engine. Your coolant also acts as a lubricant and protects key engine components. But the reason that it's so important to check your coolant before the temperature gets too cool is that your engine depends on the coolant to keep it from freezing. So, before fall turns too cold, make sure that you have the cooling system in your car checked and that your car is ready to make it through another cool Colorado winter. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie. We'll talk to you again next week. I heard about Novus Glass on John Rush's Rush to Reason radio show, and I know that John would not go with a company that he did not believe was a great company to work with. And so with him backing Novus Autoglass, we felt confident that that was a good company. When I called them, I was looking for mobile service out to Albert County, and they were very accommodating. My insurance company initially told me that they were not a preferred provider with our insurance company. And they went above and beyond with doing a three-way call with my insurance company and got everything squared away to replace three windshields for us without any money out of our pocket except for our deductible. I can't think of another windshield replacement company that we've ever worked with that has been like Novus. I would call them every time now when we need a windshield replaced. klzradio.com forward slash glass. Your teenager is your biggest financial risk. You buy reliable auto insurance in part to protect yourself from financial loss in case you get in a wreck with large repair expenses for your own vehicle. But you also buy reliable auto insurance to protect yourself from lawsuits. Now, you might not think you make enough money to be at risk of getting sued, but you do have a teenager who drives your car. Let's pose a little scenario that we heard from a real KLZ listener. Your granddaughter is driving your car and gets in a major wreck. You do have auto insurance, but it's not enough coverage. You only have the state minimums. So the other person's insurance company comes after you personally for everything they can get. For years afterward, part of your paycheck goes towards paying someone else's bills. With the right coverage, this could have been avoided. Get the auto coverage you need from Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance. Call 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. You don't need a new air conditioner. You just need to get rid of that dead rodent clogging up the wheel. The technicians at Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air complete a thorough inspection before making any recommendations. They'll show you the photos to prove it. You know that feeling when you get a copy of a checklist that a technician supposedly completed, but you're not so sure? After a competitor told one customer they'd need a new air conditioner, Absolute came out for a second opinion. Once they opened up the unit, they found a dead rodent stuck in the wheel. They took a picture to show the homeowner. Then they got the rodent out. No new air conditioner needed. You can imagine how grateful the customer was to save thousands of dollars on an unnecessary replacement. Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air includes photos in all of their reports. Because you need to see for yourself that you can trust them. Call the team that has nothing to hide. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. 
720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. This is Greg Bloom with Barber's Foods. Hey, one of the questions I get asked most often is, Greg, how do I get a restaurant-quality steak at home? Now, I do wish, sincerely, that each of you would buy your steaks from Barber's Foods at barbersfoods.com as we do sell some great quality Colorado-raised Angus steaks. But if you're going to shop at a retail store, to start with, never buy your steaks from the full-service meat counter because for a steak to be worth eating, it needs to be wet-aged or dry-aged for at least 14 to 21 days, just like they do at a restaurant. Now, steaks cut and displayed in a full-service meat case, they're not aged. And that's because retailers need shelf life. So they've been removed from their vacuum-sealed package and put out there for display. To know how to find a great restaurant-quality steak anywhere you go at any retail store, go to barbersfoods.com and click on the Videos tab to see a short video I made for you of what to look for when you buy steaks. Again, it's barbersfoods.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Text line 307-200-8222. 307-200-8222. Thanks for joining us today. We have one line open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Bill and uh, Inglewood, you're next, sir. Hey, this is based on that last call with the guy with the car ran yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. He had problems, $9,000 damage. I found this out a couple years ago through my insurance agent. I used to never buy the car rental uh, insurance that they sell you. Right. So I always use my own insurance, and then it, it would roll over to a temporary second car, like car rental. Correct. So, but then they always try to ding you for a windshield or door dings or whatever, and right. that's a claim against your insurance company. That's correct. Or if you were in an accident and you were at fault, that's a claim against your insurance company, and your rates would go up. Correct. But here's a little secret that I found out, and he told me. If you buy their insurance, that's a contract between you and their insurance company. And if you're in an accident where it's your fault or something, you just go up to the car rental place, you drop off the keys and say goodbye. Your insurance company never finds out. True. They never know you were in an accident, and True. they can't raise your rates unless they run a MBR to find out you were in an at-fault accident. True. But it never goes against your insurance company. They never find out because you had a private contract between the car rental mm-hmm. agency and the insurance company that they served. You're correct. So lately, when I've been renting a car, I buy their insurance. I know it's a pain in the butt and cost a lot, but if there's any door dings or windshield or whatever, I just hand the keys to them and say, it's your baby. You are correct. Right. Everything you just said is, is spot on, and it, it becomes one of those... You know, do you want to, you know, self-insure and take some of that risk on yourself when you rent a car, or do you want it to all be on them? And any more, Bill, with some of these, you know, some of these stories that we're hearing, it makes you wonder whether or not you want to be self-insured anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate paying their I do fees too. for car insurance, but I just hand them the keys and walk away, and that's their problem. Now I don't have to worry about it. True. Yeah, and if these if these rental car companies aren't 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 careful what they're going to end up generating here is we already know that the you know lyft and ubers of the world are getting bigger and bigger all the time if these guys keep playing this nonsense and heading down this road you're going to find people you know renting less and less cars and just using a ride sharing service to get around and not worrying about it yep that's correct well i rented my son rented a car last march during uh you know obviously covid and he drove it to uh 
Las Vegas and across Utah, uh, a deer ran out and uh, hit him and uh, had a flat tire. Well, of course, there's no cell service in certain parts of Utah. A sheriff come by really nice, pulled him, you know, got five miles down the road, able to change out the tire, buy a new tire. And we had bought the additional coverage for road hazard through them. And when he got to Vegas, he handed the keys to them, and, and they reimbursed us for the tire that we had to pay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in our case, it works out. I hate paying the additional insurance costs, but it works out. It's all on them anymore because they're getting so nitpicky about any damages done to the car. Uh, no, Bill, I and we're going to talk to Paul Loomberger hopefully next week to go over some of this stuff because what you guys are talking about, this is a, this is a great comment. Great, yeah. great, you know, great topic. So, uh, Bill, show. thanks, as always. I appreciate it very much. Conrad on Evergreen, you're up next. What's going on, Conrad? Morning, guys. How's it going? Hey, good. good How are you, sir? Good, good. Hey, I, I kind of texted with you a little bit about this last week, John, and I, I wanted to put my mind to ease. I looked under the hood on my Torino, and it's got that 460 engine, but the, the upper radiator hose uh, fitting is goes through the aluminum manifold, and I was wondering if, if that coolant going through there and it's a cast iron block and heads, if that's going to make the have a problem with ferrous and non-ferrous metals making that coolant get weaker or yeah and, and real quick jeff his comment was should he be running something other than the regular green coolant on the trino given the different metals that he's got in it my th- my thought is for the little bit that conrad actually drives this vehicle i don't think it's a big issue either way but is it gotcha uh, <clears throat> you know i i wouldn't think so either um you know, I know that all the all the coolants out there have you know anti-corrosive properties. You know, even and obviously dissimilar metals play into things a little bit. I do know that um, there is the uh, something that he could potentially add to either, and I'm trying to remember how it adds it. Ooh, but there's a that anode right. rod. You're you're correct. That, that uh, is basically a a sacrificial add-in where it takes that instead of the other metal. Right. It, it, it becomes what, what the. It becomes the corrosive item at that point. I, I, yeah, I think like it's... Like an anode rod, I think is what they call it. I think it. it's anode rod. Anode rod. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's, okay. they sell it for cooling systems, and I believe it's like, you know, I don't know if it's hung on a string or something, but it drops down inside the side of the radiator, I believe. Mm-hmm, I think that's I've never right. used okay. one myself, I never but have I either, seem but to that's remember a good point. that item being out there. Well, I've, I've had it checked. You know, the pH levels and everything seems to be all right. I just don't want to, you know, mess something up, you know, I've... And I, we clean, we put new fluid in it last year, new coolant in it last year. So, and it, I did Xerox, and then I put in uh, distilled water. Is what I did. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. should be fine. Yeah, and I think the okay. biggest thing that I, if I remember correctly, uh, this is really a stretch for for old school engineering stuff, um, for someone that doesn't do the engineering side on a daily basis. But I believe, you know, keeping that coolant changed, keeping that pH where it should be is really your protection that you need for, you know, the systems with different metals in the cooling system. Um, I believe it was really when the coolant got old, when it broke down, when you had the mix right. off, that was, I think, the the source of the problems. Well, you know, there's, there's no coolant passages going through the manifold, obviously, but, the, but except for the one where, where the upper radiator hose goes on there, and that, that's the only place it would have any access to the aluminum part, you know. But, okay, well, I think... I think uh, I'll just make sure I keep it checked, and maybe I can check in one of those anode rods you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah and again, again, Conrad, for you know, keep in mind for the little bit that you're driving yours, I don't know that it's a huge, huge issue. I mean, if you could run across one and it works fine, 
but in your world, I don't know that it's. I, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I never knew anybody good. back in the day doing what you've got with your type of engine, your type of setup, with regular green coolant that you service on a, you know, four- or five-year basis in that hot rod of yours. I've never known anybody to have any issues. Yeah, I use Z-Rax is what I use when I, when I change it. Yeah, I, I've so, never known anybody in your on. world to have a problem that way. Cool, cool. The other thing is, I'm tell you, you guys are talking about generators. We've got one up there at our farm in Sterling, and our, our local electrician installed it for us, and, and they're, they're made by Cummins. It's supposed to be good. Oh, I, yeah, that one is good. Yes. Well, but here's the deal. The one over at my mom and dad's house, it, it, it keeps chewing up the, the starter gear for some reason because it's supposed to start automatically every so often to, to keep everything lubricated. And, and then that, the one over at our house, there's a computer, some kind of a computer problem with that, and the company, not and my my electrician up there, he he won't even sell these anymore. The company he's dealing with is out there, kind of in the Commerce City area, and they're they're refusing to fix it under warranty. They just they want us to pay out of pocket to fix these problems. And I think that's a bunch of crap, you know. Yeah, I that one I don't know about. So, anyway, I, I don't know what to do but with that. I guess we'll just have to. Get somebody over there to fix it. So I don't know why it keeps shooting. If the flywheel's bad or something's shooting hmm. up that starter motor. Interesting. Yeah, that's, oh, and that's on the generator itself. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, that yep. I. That one I. That's. Has anyone dug into trying to figure out what the, you know, the mechanic or the technicians that are coming out working on it? How they, you know, what have they've done to, to kind of diagnose or find the root source of the problem? Because if something's chewing up a starter the, gear. The, the, that, something's that something's not right. Replacing the starter is probably not fixing no. it because there's probably something else. Like alignment, said, the, something. Alignment, something that's yeah. wrong with the flywheel right. itself, like you said, Conrad. Um, well, they've basically been kind of blowing us off, you know, and, and, and like I said, the, the local electrician, he won't even sell them anymore from that place, but I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to be sure. up any trouble. But no, I hear you. Anyway, um so I don't know. I think, like you said, the flywheel probably has something goofy going on with it, and that's what's chewing up those starter gears. So I think they're plastic starter gear, best I know on that. It runs on propane. It's a propane generator. Okay. 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 Uh, you know what? And on that, I do have some resources on that, Conrad. Send me a picture next time you're up that way. I'll do it. Right, okay, you man. Have a great day. You're the man. Good Appreciate talking, it. Man. No, thanks, Conrad. Joe, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. 
Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. And Joe in Jersey is next. Joe, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm good, John. Yourself? Good, good. Hey, I, I called in about the rental car, but first um, on the anode, it, the term is sacrificial anode. Thank you. And uh, and every water heater has one. And if you want to double the, the life of your water heater, they only cost about 12 bucks. After every five or seven years, unscrew the sacrificial anode out of your water heater and put a new one in, right. and you'll double or or triple the life of your water heater. Because um, when they go, it's typically because they rust out. So, yep, good tip. Uh, change the change the sac. Anyway, back to the rental car. For a dozen years or so, I had more than a hundred employees traveling, and on any given day, I'd have a, a ten rental cars being rented under the company name. So we've had our share of, of those accidents. Oh, I'm sure you what? have. Yeah, I'm sure you've yeah, got some great yeah. horror stories. I do, and here's one that one thing in favor of the rental cars insurance. Um, your insurance company will uh, pay for the damage, but they'll insure the rental car company will hit you for loss of use. That's right. They say what well, was in it was in the shop for two weeks, and it was an eighty nine dollar yep. a day rental car. Yep. They're going to hit you for the eighty nine. Yeah, they're going to hit you for that, and that is not covered by your nope. collision. No, you got to pay that uh, one out of pocket on your own. So if it's a hundred dollar a day rental and it's in the shop for thirty days, you owe them three grand. Oh God! All right. Yeah. Yep. Right. So and what body shop one. gets anything done in thirty mm. days these days? In today's world, they don't. <laughs> You're lucky if right. it's out of there so in six months. That's right. <laughs> so that's one thing in favor of getting the rental car company's insurance. Now, back to the personal situation. If it were me, I would have disputed the charge with my credit card company, and then I'd make them sue me. And then in civil court, and I, I also teach contract law, by the way, it's preponderance of the evidence. And I would love to see them in front of a jury of six people try to convince six people that seven different people rented that car that they can definitively yeah. say that I was the person who rented it. I would absolutely dispute The only I issue you're going to have with that, Joe, that I've seen lately, and I've, I've heard this from, from others, is – You've got to then. First thing you have to do is dispute that and get the credit card company to stand behind you. And I will tell you that a lot of these big companies, like rental car agencies, have a lot of pull with credit card companies. That might be your biggest stumbling block. It may, you know, they may or may not back you, but even if they don't, make them sue you or you sue them to get the money back. Well, but, would... but being devil's advocate, how do you do that if your credit card company won't stop that, you know, that transaction on their side? You sue them. You sue them to re, to recoup your money, and you go before a jury of six people, and you can say, and you you try to convince and let them try to convince. Your argument is, right. hey, nine different people rented this car besides me, and unless they can prove that this car was undrivable in the condition I returned it, how can they say it was me, not any of the other six renters sure. that damaged it? If if you're on that jury of six. Would you side with the last driver, or would you side with the rental car company? Uh, well, in that case, you, you, I already yeah, know my I, answer. I'm yeah. going to side with the <laughs> guy driving it because there's no proof that he, you know, especially if he's got pictures of the outside of the vehicle, and this guy was that diligent to do that, chances of him being the guy that damaged the underside is pretty slim. Yep. 
Yeah, if there were six or seven other renters besides you, good luck trying to convince a jury of six people. And by the way, the standard in civil trials is, is a simple preponderance of the evidence, not reasonable doubt. Uh, and I would be hard-pressed to say that based on preponderance of the evidence, they could say you were out of the six or seven renters that you were the one who did it. I would fight that all the way. Uh, and I would probably, I, I, I suspect that I'm, I'm sure you'll get uh, Paul or, or Kevin uh, to give you their legal opinion, but I would be hard-pressed to say that they would win that lawsuit. No, you're probably right on that one. And and, and again, the biggest issue with this one's going to be, I I would guess that you're going to have a tough row to hoe with the credit card company not standing behind that charge to the to the actual rental car company. So you're going to be suing the rental car company directly. I'm guessing at the end of the day. Yeah, it depends on your rental car. I've had pretty good luck with my uh, credit card company when I've disputed charges. They've they've uh, done it every time. You know, they get. By the way, a big, yeah, but you know, you're you know, real quick though, Joe. This comes back to that old customer service thing. You're a big user. A lot of these folks that are out renting cars that you know, you know, do this on a uh, you know semi-regular basis, and maybe don't even put a lot of money on their card on a regular basis. No offense, they don't have as much clout as you and I do. Yeah, and a lot of you know, and if they don't have nine thousand uh, headroom on their credit card. Uh, the insurance company's not going to that, get it. And that, now, uh, now, now you're talking. You know, you might very well just say, "Listen, I only want a a card with X amount of room on it, and use that for your rental car, you know, charges on down the road, where maybe you've got a twenty five hundred or thirty five hundred limit card, and that's the one you use because that's what you set on that card on the front side." That's a great suggestion, Joe. Yeah, and I've I carry multiple credit cards, and uh, you that's know, a fact, great when my idea. daughter was, yeah. When my daughter was young, I, I got her a card with a, like a fifteen hundred dollar limit. So no, uh, no. What you, so by the way, that what you just said there, when it comes to renting cars, that's probably the best. I never thought of that. That's the best advice I've heard yet. Is just get a card that you that you on purpose have a low limit on it automatically, where they just can't come back and do that. Yeah. Right, and then they idea. would have to sue. Right, and then they would have to sue you that's personally right. for the difference. That's right, and then good. And then they, the burden of, of uh, them proving it was you yep. falls on them. That you, that you, so. What you just said, by the way, I mean, there's always a, a better way to skin a cat when it's all said and done. What you just gave as advice, everybody listening, that's probably the best advice I've ever heard for renting cars. And I may very well do that myself, Joe, just get a card or take a card and have them lower that limit down to X amount so that you know no charges can go above that period. And just yeah. use it for rental cars yeah, get, only. That's smart. Yeah, get one of these cards like discover or something that you know uh, yep. you know uh, you know i use mx and and uh, visa uh but you know you get a little discover card with a thousand dollar limit or right and use, and use that that's a great idea joe uh, that's awesome actually great idea love all it all right well love uh, it. anyways that's my contribution no, that's for great today. no and, i appreciate it. that's fabulous joe good good stuff i appreciate that and i actually I don't know why this is, but I actually have one of those cards because long ago, and I have no idea, but I got an Amazon card because you get you get points on that that you can then use for Amazon, you know, when you're ordering yep. a product and so on. But that bloody thing's only got like a thousand dollar limit on it, which don't ask me why, but that would be a great one to just say, hey, can you up this to like two grand? And there you go. There's your automatic card to use for car rentals on down the road. Right. That's great yeah. advice. Oh, it is by very, the way. very so, good advice. No, that that is solid and that's something everybody listening to. I hope you I hope you heard where that was going and why because what you've just done 
is protected yourself. So let's say that the rental, because any more rentals can be anywhere from, depending on how many days, Jeff, 150, that's minimum, and it's hard to even get a car that cheap anymore for, you know, a day or two rental. So you could easily have a $300 to $1,000, you know, car rental bill. So if you've only got a $2,500 limit and a thousand of that is going to be used up for the rental itself, well, they don't have much of a cushion to go after you for at that point. What about... Rather than a full-blown credit card, do they do those like rechargeable credit cards with a car rental place? Accept don't think those? they'll I don't take think, those. I don't think they, they take don't. Those. Some of them don't even take debit cards anymore. Yeah, probably because of what we're talking yeah. about. Yep. So again, th- but by the way, Joe, thank you. That was really, really great advice on the rental car side. Something I'd never thought of, and I carry one of those types of cards with me. Frankly, it's not the one I normally use. And for those of you that are renters that do this often and your card is stored with them to make that transaction faster, just change that you know that record, just change that card number so that it's there ready to go and you don't do anything, but it's automatically on that card with the lesser amount. And make sure you delete the other cards you had there off of your account completely so they have no way of going back on some of those other cards, Jeff, just to be yeah. on the safe side. And again, some of you rent cars, you know, vacations you only do it once or twice a year and it's not a big deal others of you that are business guys you're renting cars monthly sometimes weekly so if that's you and granted some of you are using a a company card and it's a whole different scenario at that point but we're going to learn more about this on the insurance side again from paul lewinberger my agent uh, american national insurance who's one of our great sponsors Uh, we'll talk to him uh, most likely next week he's going to do his best to join us and kind of get the skinny on how does this work from his his point. But so far, nothing anybody has said can I dispute. I think everybody that's called in has been correct. And yeah, you may want to think twice about what coverage is. This is something I want to talk to Paul about as well. The rental car company will offer you different packages of insurance. And the question is going to be which one, if you were going to buy insurance, would you actually buy from them? Hmm. Because, you know, they've got their liability versus full coverage versus whatever do you buy it all? Do you just buy one? And I don't know the answer to that. And again, one of the ways around some of that is by what Joe just said a moment ago. So great advice, by the way. It's a great topic. I mean, I, I, it's been years since I've rented. Hell, I think the last time I rented was out in Spain. So here's a, there becomes the next question. Well, does that depend on where you're renting? Yes, it does. So yes, that's another great question, by the way. So yep. I'll ask Paul some of these things next week as we as we get him on. we got an hour left is all. You can text us 307-200-8222. Again, 307-200-8222. Be sure to call in as well if you want to. Lines are open right now. we got another full hour left, 303-477-5600. Myself, Jeff, from JC's British and 4x4, who's got a new building that's almost done. We'll talk about that as soon as we come back as well and kind of let you guys know what's going on in his neck of the woods also. But we'll be right back. Hour 3 is next. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.